0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Infectious, your guide to life during coronavirus. I'm your host, Faz Zadie, and today we're going to be interviewing a Florida congressman about his personal experiences with COVID-19. So, let's get right into it.
1: I'm Randy Fine. I'm a state representative uh, in the Florida House of Representatives. I represent the 53rd District, which is the southern part of Brevard County. Basically, everything south of U.S. 192, um, and I just uh, got out of the hospital from COVID.
0: Hi, Mr. Fine. So recently, Florida's become the epicenter of the coronavirus, with over 500,000 cases and almost 8,000 deaths. So what makes Florida such a hot spot?
1: Well, um, I think we have a lot of cases because we have, we have a lot of people spreading it. Um, the way to <clears throat> spread COVID is there's three things that will cause a spread, not social distancing, not wearing a mask, um, and not washing your hands. And I think that we have a lot of room for improvement in doing these things. Fortunately, our death rate is fairly low, as opposed to, say, New York. New York had fewer cases than us, but a much higher death rate. So. Between the kinds of people who are catching it and the way we're able to treat it, the death rate has gone down. But the fact of the matter is anyone who gets it can have longer term health effects. I'm one example of that. Okay, yeah. So a lot of people are really worried about health effects. Before we get into
0: that, a lot of people are also really worried about the economic effects that this could have on families and businesses across Florida. So what do you think those effects are going to be, and how do you think that we can prevent them?
1: Well, they're going to be real. I mean, think about it. Think if you work for a movie theater, they've been closed for months. Or if you own a bar, they've basically been closed. Or if you, if you work for a cruise ship, they've basically been closed. I mean, so there, the effects on our economy are real, and they are deep. And we have to balance keeping people safe as well as keeping the economy going. That's why things like social distancing and masks and hand washing are so important, because you can do those things and still be involved in the economy.
0: Okay. So now moving a little bit away from like general kind of stuff and more towards your experiences. So I know you were admitted to the hospital about like a week ago, but can you tell me about like your experience with COVID kind of from the beginning when you first- Absolutely. Yep.
1: Yep. So I'm actually looking here on my calendar. So on, uh, on July 17th, so 20 days ago, um, actually, no, I got to go back even further. On July 12th, that's, uh, that's 28 days ago, we had somebody over to our house, my wife and my kids and I had another couple and their two kids over to our house on July 12th. And on July 17th, which is 20 days ago, we learned that that person had come down with a positive COVID test. We also learned that my wife, not me, had been around two other people, as well as that individual, a couple of additional times during the week, and they too had COVID. So on the 17th, we went into quarantine. My wife was starting to feel crummy. So all four of us, me, my wife, and my boys got tested on the 17th. And then on the 20th, three days later, Monday, the 20th, my wife got a positive test back. Myself and my two sons were negative, but I was starting to feel crummy by then as well. So I got tested again on the 21st. And then on the 22nd, um, I turned out to be positive. And so so I've been home or the hospital ever since from the 22nd until August 2nd, I just stayed at home. I went through kind of three phases of being sick. The first five or six days, I just felt sort of crummy, but not that terrible. The next five or six days, I got a fever and then I felt worse. And then the last two or three days, I really started getting a terrible, terrible cough. But when I would cough, like my whole body would spasm. So it got so bad that on August 2nd, so that's you know almost two weeks into having it, um, <clears throat> we decided to go to the hospital to get me an x-ray of my chest to see if I had pneumonia. We thought I would just need to get some stronger medicine. So, And we went to get the x-ray, and they looked at my x-ray, and they checked my blood oxygen. And the doctor came in and said I was at risk of dying, that my, um, that my lungs were heavily damaged, that my blood oxygen was dangerously low, and that they needed to admit me for observation. I did not have to go on oxygen or get a ventilator. Um, but they felt like I could continue to deteriorate quickly, and so they'd said, you don't want to deteriorate at home. If that's going to happen, you want to be here where we can respond. So I went straight into the hospital on August 2nd, and I was there all week. I got out uh, on Friday, two days ago.
0: Wow. So this experience must have changed how you view COVID. So can you please tell me about your views and positions on COVID before this experience and how they may have changed after?
1: Well, I'm, you know, I thought COVID was a big deal beforehand. Um, So it honestly, politically hasn't changed my view very much. I thought it was a big deal beforehand. I definitely think it's a big deal now. I thought people should wear masks beforehand. I, I, I still think that they, that they should now. Um, I guess maybe I have a greater appreciation of just how serious it is because, you know, it, it's not, people are very focused on recovery, but I'll tell you, I have lung damage that could last, that will last weeks, months, if not years, if not permanent. That's not what happens when you get the cold, a cold or the flu. I mean, this is a big deal and people need to take it seriously. Right.
0: So many news outlets also talk about your experiences with COVID. And many of them talk about how you say that hydrochloroquine isn't a magic cure. And while many people agree with you, many don't. So could you talk more about that?
1: Sure. And that's come up because the, the instant reaction from a lot of people. when And look, I've dec- I decided to be very public about having COVID. Because I, I figured a lot of people didn't know anybody who had it. And maybe if I told our story, it would help people give some insight into it. I didn't know how it would turn out the way it did. But then a lot of people were very interested in hydrochloroquine. So I decided to share our experience with that. And, and, and I will tell you what happened, then I'll give you my opinion on it. When I got my test it turned out to be positive on, um, on July 21st, The doctor prescribed me hydrochloroquine and and zinc, and he said, start taking it. It was a five-day course. I took it for the full five days. I did not get better. Um, I actually called and said, do you want to give it to me again? He prescribed it again. I obviously did not get better. I got worse, and then I had to go to to the hospital. And, And actually, at the hospital, I stopped taking it. I haven't been on it for a week. The hospital did not. And I didn't ask to be on it, by the way. My doctor recommended it and my pharmacy prescribed it. So I wasn't one of these people who had any trouble or were banging. So as people have asked me about it, what I've tried to say is two things. Number one, I don't have a problem with people trying it. I mean, if people wanna use it, great, we shouldn't stop them. But I'm also very concerned about the folks who say, we don't have to worry about COVID because there's this magic pill called hydrochloroquine that if you take it, poof, you'll be fine. I am proof that that is not the case. I'm a healthy 46-year-old man who could have died despite the fact that he was taking hydrochloroquine before he had a positive test result for, for COVID-19. And that's really what I want to caution people. I don't want it banned, but I don't want people to minimize it because they think there's some magic drug out there.
0: Right. So after this whole COVID experience, are there any actions that you think that we should be taking or any things that you think are more important?
1: Yeah, I would say there's three things that, that are on my mind. Number one is I want to continue to encourage people to wear masks. Um, masks will not solve this. Um, they are not a silver bullet, but nothing is a silver bullet. And when you wear a mask, you reduce your chance of getting it and you reduce your chance of giving it to someone else. And so I'd like to encourage people to wear masks. I don't know that I want the government to mandate them, but you know what? We don't have to have the government tell us to do something in order to do the right thing. You're a Boy Scout. You do all of those things in the Scout law, not because it's the law, because you know it's the right thing to do. And so I'd like to to encourage people to wear masks. The second thing I'd like to do is I would like to emphasize to people that businesses and private property owners have the right to require you to wear a mask. And it is unacceptable for people to get angry when a business requires them to wear a mask. They're a private business, they're a private property and they get to set the rules by which you engage with them. You don't get to decide what you get to pay for their product they're a private business. And so people, I demand that people respect the private property rights of those businesses and property owners that want masks. And by the way, if you don't want to follow those rules, you don't have to shop in those businesses. And then I think the third thing I'm going to be focused on is trying to help get our test results faster. There are some people who are getting tested and it takes a very long time to get those results back. It doesn't do you a whole lot of good to need a week or 10 days to find out whether or not you have it. I'd like us to to work to get those results back to people quicker.
0: Now like zooming out a little bit, like do you think Florida's response to COVID-19 so far has been adequate?
1: Um, I I would answer it this way. I think the government's response has been adequate. I think, much like in everything, I think certain individuals um, could act more responsibly. If you're not wearing a mask, um, you're not, you're not, uh, the the government has asked us to do things. They've said, wear a mask, wash your hands, um, stay home if you can, don't gather in groups of more than 10. If you're not doing those things, then you're not doing everything you can to stop the spread. So, so I think our policy has been fine at the state level, but I think that, you know, I think our, our peop- some people's willingness to participate has not been, and I think there's opportunity for improvement. Okay, so what you're saying is that you think that the government's
0: response has been really good, but, a lot of, but some, of, some of the residents of like Brevard
1: and Indian River counties aren't doing their part? I'm not even gonna say really good. I I don't want. I mean, look. I don't believe you should declare victory until it's over. I don't know that I disagree with many of the actions that the governor has taken. But but I'm saying that that we we will solve COVID not through the government. We will solve it through the responsible actions of individuals. Let's say the government said you have to wear a mask. Unless they're willing to arrest you and put you in jail, if you're not willing to wear a mask, you won't wear a mask. My point is is that people need to solve this problem ourselves. We need to take responsibility for it. My best example is people talk about contact tracing. Was the government doing a good job of contact tracing? You know what contact tracing is? Contact tracing is when the government calls you after you get COVID. They ask you who you were around the last week, and then they ask you to give them the phone numbers, and then they call the people for you. Well, I have news for you. If you know the names and the numbers, you can call them yourself, which is what we did. You don't have to wait for the government to do it. So I think where we could all benefit is if as individuals, we take more responsibility for the problem and not wait for the government to solve it for us.
0: Okay. And kind of to wrap this up, if you could go back in time and tell yourself to one thing that would help you do with this pandemic, what would you tell
1: yourself? Well well, personally, the one thing I would do is I would have gone to the hospital a couple of days earlier. Um, you know, I waited about three days through this really, really terrible cough before I went to the hospital, and then they kind of took over and treated me differently. <clears throat> looking back in retrospect, I wish the first day that I developed that crazy cough, I would have gone. That's what I would have done differently beyond that you know, I mean, I caught it at home from my wife. I never would have thought to wear a mask in my own house. So I can't, I can't, um, I can't think of anything I would do differently except have gone to the hospital a couple of days earlier. Okay. Well, thank
0: you so much. Hey, thank you. Today, we talked to Florida representative Randy Fine about his experiences with COVID. Thank you so much for listening to Infectious, your guide to life during coronavirus. Put your questions in the Google form below.